0: I'm your host, Alexander Hefner, and you're listening to the audio podcast of The Open Mind. I'm Alexander Hefner, your host on The Open Mind. My guests today are Anton DeBurra, the executive director of the Johns Hopkins University Information Security Institute and an associate research scientist in computer science, and Joseph Carrigan, a senior security engineer at the Johns Hopkins University Information Security Institute. Anton and Joseph, welcome. Glad to be here.
1: Thank you. It's good to be here.
0: Uh, Joseph, let me ask you to begin with, as an engineer, you've become aware of some of these high profile incidents of outages in the internet ecosystem. But some of them have not been prominently covered. For example, in recent weeks, Bank of America on the first of a month, which is payday for a lot of people, Mm -hmm. first day of the month, rent, uh, other services that are going to be paid by companies and and individuals, there was was a, a prolonged outage. And we're not talking about... 30 minutes. We're talking
2: about hours. If I were a Bank of America engineer, I'd be very interested in preventing that from happening. I haven't seen a lot of explanation as to what caused it, though. Uh, I'd like a little bit more transparency from large organizations like this. Uh, When when we had the Facebook outage, which I think you're kind of alluding to, that garnered much more media attention than the Bank of America outage. Um, and Bank of America, or uh, Facebook said, "Though well, this is an internal problem that we have. And I haven't seen any explanation like that from Bank of America. Perhaps they've made it, I just haven't seen it. Um, but it, it is something that is, from time to time, it's going to happen. And we are incredibly reliant upon the, uh, the, the very nature of the internet. And, and we've become that way over the past 20, 30 years. Um, so I think that uh, it's incumbent upon all of us as users to understand that these things are going to happen and we should have contingency plans for them.
0: Anton, let me ask you to follow up. We have certain definitions that we should get out there in the open for those who are not familiar with cyber hygiene or security. Um, Ransomware and now killware, which is in in effect a kind of ransomware or hijacking of systems that could literally cause injury or death to human beings um, are what folks institutions and individuals seem most concerned about right now. Um, and I was wondering if you could give us an overview of how you see the current state of ransomware and killware right now.
1: Sure, thank you. Um, so ransomware, as more and more people are becoming aware, is a, uh, an event in which bad guys take over a system, And by the way, it doesn't have to be a huge enterprise. It can be my laptop, for instance, and they can lock up my files and demand payment in order to either release those files or in some cases, they threaten to put them out in the open, which a lot of people wouldn't want to happen. And uh, in most cases, they demand payment in some kind of cryptocurrency. Uh, Killware is a version of ransomware in which there is physical harm uh, that, can be, that can lead to loss of life. So it's a, it's a special class of ransomware, although it is kind of a gray area because of critical infrastructure, uh, such as power plants and even the, the food chain. Uh, if any part of the food chain is affected, that could cause harm to people. So it, it really is, it's an extremely serious problem. I really can't underscore how serious uh, the the ransomware problem is right now in the United States and really around the world. Uh, We've
0: become aware of new technologies that allow hackers to penetrate systems even without you doing what was kind of normally understood as the way you could let a foreign insurgent in your system by clicking on a link. That can happen now independent of any kind of clicks, right?
1: It can, although uh, last time I saw, uh, clicking on the link is still the root cause of over 80%, perhaps as high as 90% of ransomware attacks. So it is happening. Word isn't getting out, or it's just not, uh, it's not sinking in. Uh, and all it takes is for one person, one person who's distracted, multitasking, or just can't resist the temptation of clicking on the link that says they won a prize that day. Uh, but there are all kinds of ways of getting into networks um, through uh, uh, software that, uh, that inherently has vulnerabilities um, and uh, or through other means, like you know, in some cases, somebody putting a, a thumb drive into uh, one of their systems inside the network. And that's all it takes. It has malware on it. And uh, as, soon as, the, as soon as the thumb drive is connected, uh, it unleashes its malware. So there are many, many uh, root causes of this. Companies that, uh, that create uh, software, uh, operating system, applications, they're constantly trying to get ahead of this but it's a, it's a game of cat and mouse. And there are so many, and, and also companies and people, we all need to keep our software updated whenever we get a notice that it's time to upgrade software. It's the most important thing that we can do.
2: Uh, I would add that uh, the, the human factor in this, in this equation is not, not to be underestimated. Uh, one of the biggest things that, that these guys go after is they go after people's login credentials. And they do that with a phishing attack that says uh, something like, uh, your your password's about to expire, please come in and reset it. It could be something as simple as that, or it could be uh, something that's directly targeted at the person that says, "Like, hey, John, can you uh, take a look at this attachment that I have on uh, Microsoft Cloud? Uh, and then it takes you to a fake landing page that says, give me your uh, Microsoft 365 login credentials, and then that person can actually access your institution as you. And they don't just have access to your email. They have access to things like Teams that we normally view as a secure environment for us to talk back and forth on. And people can spread through the network that way.
1: And it doesn't it doesn't have to be via computer or email all the time. It can be via telephone. Someone who claims they're a technician uh, is working on something and they need information from you. It can be via text, chat.
0: Now let's return to Facebook and BOA. Um, Is your assessment, Joseph, that in all likelihood, um, those events uh, of the last month were not the result of any attempted hijacking, not necessarily ransomware or killware, Although you know, in effect, there could be a kind of killware that is unconcerned with payment; they just want to paralyze the entire global economy, right? So, from your vantage point, based on what Facebook has explained, and we, you said earlier, BOA has offered no explanation. In fact, they were they were quite late and um, not even forthcoming with their clients and users, um, uh, whereas Facebook and often other online social platforms are rather quick to acknowledge uh, any kind of shutdown. so in your in your estimation um, Joe is your sense that in either of these instances there were any uh, foreign actors um, attempting to take over uh, or to paralyze, those outside at, institutions.
2: At this point, I'm not prepared to say that. Uh, I think that Facebook was uh, pretty. You know, their their explanation made sense. That it was a, a border gateway protocol problem, um, and that can shut things down. Uh, but to your point about the difference in communication styles, if you think of, you know, we think of people as being digitally native or or having, you know, like maybe, like like. Tony and I, we didn't grow up in a world where we're steeped in computers and computers all around us. I mean, we both grew up in technical fields, so we're better off than our peers our age. But uh, but think about that in terms of companies as well. You know, Facebook is a digitally native company, so they're prepared to to go out and address this. And Bank of America is has been around for a much longer time. Uh, one of the things that I um, that I frequently tell people who are running companies is you, you really, really, really need to have a game plan for when something happens that involves being transparent and communicative, telling people what's going on. Even if you don't know what's going on, you can just say that. We don't know what's going on. We're checking it out right now. Uh, we know that some of our customers can access our, uh, our online system. Uh, but uh, and, and this would be a key piece of information because it didn't look like any user information was compromised during this event. That's something you tell people, right? That's something that puts people at ease. Right, and
0: you know, folks who are regular viewers of The Open Mind know that I, I like to invoke Mr. Robot. In fact, I emailed you two gentlemen and I mentioned that program uh, because it really speculates about the scenario of not an hours long outage of Bank of America, but Wells Fargo, Chase, BOA, all go down Mm -hmm. and folks can't access, um, you know, at least in the United States, what is uh, your necessity, um, your calling card um, for life and your livelihood, um, your bank account um, or bank accounts. And we've been talking from the very first program I hosted of this series about the potential for a digital 9-11 or Pearl Harbor in which there is not, again, an hours-long or even days-long outage, but there is manipulation of the system that wipes out people's savings um, potentially or at a minimum, um, you know, causes great havoc for a period of time when people can't access their um, their bank information or other personal information. And, and it was striking to me, the fact, Joseph, that... <laughs> the Facebook outage caused more of an uproar uh, because folks couldn't see, you know, their friends, childs, uh, bris, uh, whatever. Um, right. <laughs> and and, uh, and yet uh, you have a major banking outage and that got very little attention. CNBC, I don't think ever reported on it. Credit, uh, a lot of local news aff- affiliates. Uh, I know one in Atlanta, one of the major networks in Atlanta covered it. But my basic question to you is, if we are vulnerable to a banking outage of several hours, if not a whole day, it was virtually a day and change um, for for some people. Why are we not vulnerable to a day's or weeks long outage or further manipulation of uh, these systems?
2: Uh, I don't. I don't know that we aren't vulnerable to that. Um, that would become a that's a much more of a tactical question, right? It, it, I mean, it's just a strategic problem, but once you start the action, it becomes a tactical a tactical problem. Uh, and it, it depends on on how that goes and what happens next. If, you know, do I take down or if I, if I wanted to attack somebody, do I just brick all of their systems? By essentially encrypting all of their operating systems with something like ransomware, that like as Tony alluded to earlier, doesn't have any demand for ransom. I just encrypt everything, and now you have to spend days recovering. Uh, and if I can uh, keep what they call persistent access, then every time you recover a system, I can uh, reinfect it. But there, you know, there are policy or procedures for going about this and best practices in incident response. And one of the first things you do in an incident response is um, assess where you are and try to get the attacker out of the system. If you can get the attacker out of the system, then you can begin to make progress. But if you can't keep the attacker out of the system, then you have a real problem. Um, the banking problem in terms of, uh, you know, a cyber Pearl Harbor or cyber 911, actually, that, that doesn't concern me as much as uh, something uh, Tony alert- alluded to earlier, and that's an attack on the, the food supply chain. That would be something that would be absolutely devastating if that went on for three days and we started losing the food supplies that were in the grocery stores that would be uh, I think that would wind up with uh, with real civil problems civil unrest problems that's the that's the attack that keeps me awake at night not so much the attack on the uh, on the banking system but more the attack on the
1: more basic human needs lower far lower on Maslow's hierarchy of needs I think that there are multiple, competing forces at work here, if you will. Um, one is that, of course, the holy grail for any bad guy is to take out the, the major, the things we all talk about uh, that even show up in science fiction, you know, the major banks or the, uh, the national uh, power grid and so forth. So that's, that's one desire. On the other hand, these major entities are investing billions of dollars in defense. So they're, they're not really soft targets anymore. On the other hand, they rely on third-party software. There is software that they use in common. So it is possible that someone could find a so-called zero-day vulnerability that could have a major impact somewhere. I would say that that's becoming less and less likely. Then there's the other, the other factor, which is that the bad guys are really, uh, really cleaning up in the the soft targets you know there are some elite uh, uh hacker forces that are doing sort of mission impossible style attacks that are really g wow but the vast majority of it is just finding open doors and walking right in and there are many many of them so when a door closes the bad guys just move on to the next open door and so unfortunately, there are open doors in critical areas, um, and so the race is to close these doors faster than the bad guys can get to them.
0: Well, and and I do wonder how much profiling of these hackers is is going on in terms of understanding motivations. Um, the situation that I described in Mr. Robot is a rebelling against. Um, societal excess, specifically income inequality. And that's why I'm particularly interested in this banking idea um, um, because to to me, the fictional scenario presented in that television series is quite emblematic of our trajectory right now. Um, You know, we saw that Schwab reported within the last week that uh, the, the, you know, 1% of this country, uh, has more income, more, um, uh, liquid than, um, you know, the entire, the entire middle class. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's mind boggling, but then you, then you see something like a, a Mr. Robot, um, and ways in which there may be motivations, um, outside of, um, simply, um, you know, paralysis of systems or, you know, personal animus, but actually wanting to use that kind of nefarious criminal activity as a means to make society more equitable. And to me, maybe five years ago when Mr. Robot came on the air, that was a far fetched notion, uh, but it isn't so far fetched today. And I just wonder, um, I, Anton, what your reactions to that.
1: Well, I, I, I actually, I think it's the opposite. I think it's a little more far-fetched today than it was five years ago because of the investments that companies have made in, in protecting their, their digital infrastructure. Uh, there really has been a wake-up call. Uh, there has been mobiliz- mobilization uh, and information sharing. Uh, there has been workforce training and all kinds of things that cost a lot of money uh, to defend against these, uh, these attacks. Um, is it possible? It, it's anything's possible, but again, I think, and there are ideological groups out there that, that want to, you know, want to send messages that, that are consistent with their, uh, with their ideology. There are also nation states and that's what they, you know, people do for a living day in and day out, uh, just see what they can get into. And then there are people who are doing this for uh, for profit, and the the profit and the uh, the nation states are the the two predominant uh, factors, in in my opinion, uh, at this point.
2: Yeah, and the the Verizon releases the uh, the data breach data breach investigation report annually, and I think this year they said something like ninety percent. Of these uh attacks were all financial were financially motivated 90 percent of all the attacks they investigated financially motivated uh, that is a vast difference from uh 20 years ago when i would be giving talks or tell asking people people would be asking me why do they why do these guys do this oh maybe for the notoriety maybe because they have some kind of I- ideological reason uh and then all the way down the bottom was maybe because of money but now that's that's the lion's share uh, the vast majority of this is financially motivated these people are uh are going after um, people with, for, for any amount of money that they can go after them. Uh, and they're, they're using all kinds of different scams and techniques. Uh, usually it's, it's fear. Uh, they're, they're trying to scare people into giving them money. Uh, but it's, uh, it it can also be, uh, exploiting somebody else's greed or just their kindness, but that's usually what they're going after is money.
1: One example, just uh, a couple of weeks ago, I know a company that the, the ransom that they had to pay was half of their net revenue for the year. That's a huge amount of money. Uh, and and it's, it's really, when we look at ransomware, we really have to start looking at it. We have to start analyzing it like any other industry. We have to look at its, uh, its means of, of growth. We have to look at disruptor factors and so forth because it, is, because it really is, it's become an industry. It's pervasive and scalability is easy. Um, and so, it, it's it's really something that it's going to have an impact on the on the economy of the United States ultimately if we can't reverse the course.
2: All right, and it, Tony Tony makes an excellent point. These these things are run very much like businesses. In fact, we've even seen there are some ransomware organizations that will say, um, you know, we, we, they're essentially franchising their operation to to people who have access to another company. They say, just give us the access. We'll go in, we'll encrypt all the files and you'll get like 70% of the take uh, because that's the hard, hard part of the work is going out and finding a vulnerable company or penetrating a company. And once they do that, they, they, uh, the rest of it is trivial. These, these are done with kits um, and they, they will even go so far as to analyze the financial records of the company they're about to uh, encrypt the data of to find out what ransom they should charge and what they, uh, so they maximize the likelihood that these people pay the
0: pay the ransom. Do we know of the victims, how many are paying the ransom and how many are refusing to do so? How many are able to um, extricate themselves from the crisis um, and the paralysis of their network without having to pay the ransom? I, I the last any-
1: information I have, it's, it's about 50-50. Joe, I don't know yeah, what I haven't you've seen been any hard lately. numbers
2: on that, um, but I, I know yeah. a lot of companies pay it. Like with, when the Colonial Pipeline was, uh, in, all their systems were encrypted. They
0: paid the ransom. Um, the uh, The food. Do they, p- let me ask you this, Joe. Do do they engage law enforcement in attempting to recoup the ransom or attempting to uh, basically engage the third party, the the criminal? Um, and uh give them the impression that they are uh getting something but ultimately uh they're not getting something um, because it ap- it's appearing that they're getting something but they're not getting gonna- I mean is is there some tactics being are there some tactics like that being deployed there, there are tactics like that there's actually a business a
2: niche business that that is of ransomware negotiators that you can hire once your once your business has been hit with ransomware you can make a call to these guys and they'll come in and they'll handle the uh negotiation with the guys who are uh, charging you a ransom. Um, and a lot of times they uh, they're successful in reducing the amount that gets paid. Um, and sometimes they're not successful. Sometimes the guys, the ransom gang just says, look, this is what it costs. Stop, stop talking to us. We have all the time in the world. You're the one with the business that can't operate right now. So either restore from backups or give us the money to dec- decrypt your file. But isn't, the, um, isn't
0: the government positioned in a way to, uh provide the, the appearance of that transfer or basically give folks the assets they need and then recoup them or is that they're not really it's, a way to do that there, there, there
2: was one case recently and i can't remember what the case was but they recovered about 75 percent of the ransom that was paid it, it was colonial it was a colonial pipeline. it was a colonial okay So they got that back. And that was actually the franchise, the franchisee that they got the money back from. It wasn't the it wasn't the uh, the the ransomware gang. The ransomware gang was had better operational security, if you will, to keep the money that they had. Um, But the uh, the ransomware franchiser, you know, the guy that, you know, think of the guy that runs a McDonald's in your neighborhood. This guy, he didn't have the best operational security. uh, So they were able to call that money back. Tony, yeah. we're
0: almost at, we, we just have seconds left, but let me just ask you quickly, what is the policy um, that we should be pursuing, you know, when it comes to any kind of government intervention here uh, to help individuals in the private sector and help themselves because the government has been and continues to be susceptible to the same kind of ransomware or killware attacks. But to you're, you're less concerned about the the hijacking, the banking system, it seems like uh the potential for uh the electric the electrical grid or uh food supply as we've seen recently you know pipelines distributing natural gas or natural gas yeah. or oil that water those,
1: supply
0: the, the water supply oil supply food supply that those are the areas where um especially malevolent foreign outside of the us non-us cyber terrorists would uh be poised to attack us. So what should we be doing? What, what can the government be doing, or, or uh, if not the government, um, you know, really our cyber infrastructure?
1: Well, I think that the, the federal government is on the right path in a lot of ways. Um, inf- information sharing is, uh, uh, is, is a first point. Um, and also going after the sources, working with uh, that. They, they have to work with other governments to go after these bad guys. The vast majority are not working within our borders. Um, awareness and doing everything possible to help companies improve their defenses. So really, attacking the problem from all sides. Only the federal government has the the resources, the ability to do that. But it really is it's 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 on the on the verge of being a national crisis and, if it isn't already.
0: And and yes or no question. Um, I believe based on your responses, the answer is um, no, but the, the, you don't believe that there are cyber terrorists who are capable of, of doing what was done in Mr. Robot, which is uh, basically wiping out every record of uh, individuals' banks, bank accounts so that even if they were destroying um, the online I- infrastructure, Uh, there would be some record preserved of people's bank account. You do not believe that any cyber terrorists are capable of uh, basically destroying our financial system.
1: That's correct. I do not, but
2: they're working on it. Joe? I would agree that I think that there's enough data that that these organizations have kept back up, kept backed up, but that doesn't mean they can't disrupt things and make things miserable for short periods of time. Uh, And that may be
0: enough to carry their message forward. Joe and Tony, thank you so much for your insight today. Thank My you. My pleasure. My pleasure. Please visit the Open Mind website at 13.org slash Open Mind to view this program online or to access over 1,500 other interviews. And do check us out on Twitter and Facebook at Open Mind TV for updates on future programming.